are listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast, a show by personal trainers for personal trainers. It's time. It's time to become a better trainer, get more clients, and change more, and lives. Change more lives. Welcome in, everyone. If you're new and joining us for the first time, hello. Welcome. Uh, you can go ahead and hop into the chat. Let us know where you're coming from. Uh, my name is Miguel. I'm coming from beautiful, sunny Long Island, New York. <laughs> How about you guys? Hi, my name is Sam. Unfortunately, I'm having some technical difficulties today, but you can hear me. You just can't see me. Um, I am coming from North Carolina today. I am about an hour outside of Raleigh. Um, super excited to be here and looking forward to today's topic. And Matt, where are you coming from? I am coming from actually sunny Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a dig. It is, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually very hot and very sunny here. I was going to say, how hot is it? What's oh, it's actual? like triple digits. It's like triple digits every day. No. Is yeah, it so yeah, yeah. humid? Like, so it's, it's probably... It's a given, it's a give and take, but it's okay. actually, it's not, it's not terribly humid, but I mean, okay. still, okay. you know, a hundred degrees is a hundred degrees. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm getting used to it by now. I'm, I'm adapting. So good. good. Right. I think we can go ahead and get started. We're going to take over here in a moment. Um, today we're talking about assessments. We've got Matt and Sam covering that. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us as always, as we're, talking about this topic, please feel free to put any questions, any comments in the chat or in that Q&A box. We'll frequently pause, answer any questions. We're here for you. So this is a discussion, open communication. We love for you to contribute. Um, we're gonna go ahead, Matt, if you don't mind moving on to that next slide. All right, all right. We got we got everyone in here. Can you guys hear me okay? We're set, yeah. good. You guys can yeah. see the screen. All right, <laughs> excellent. That's a good start. Um, all right, guys. So first off, real quick, my name is Matt. Um, I've been a personal trainer for, um, we're closing in on about a decade now. Uh, I do all my work online currently. I'm also a registered dietitian. Um, and so, yeah, I've got a little bit of experience doing this and assessments have been something that I've done since the very beginning. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just something that is going to allow us to um, provide the best service for our clients so that it can be the most seamless process for us. And then also give them the most individualized um, results and program for their own goals, needs, and preferences. So let's go ahead and dive into that. Uh, so what will you learn today? We're going to answer a few of these questions. So what types of assessments work best for both my client and my needs? Right, so this just means um, not only not only the an assessment that aligns with your your client's goals, but then also what aligns with your coaching style and your training style. Uh, the next answer, or I'm sorry, the next question would be: Can I assess my clients virtually? And then lastly, I'm nervous about assessing my clients virtually. How can I solve this issue? Right. And so, again, uh, I think they've already mentioned this, but if you guys have any any questions throughout the in, the entire presentation, just go ahead and drop those into the chat and we will um, we'll address those at some point. Um, cool. All right. 
All right, a couple key perspectives before we jump in here. Um, as the saying goes, if you're not assessing, you're guessing. This is kind of like the what gets measured gets managed. Uh, and I think that this is one of the biggest things that differentiate a working with a trainer or a coach that knows what they're doing and your client simply trying to follow a program on their own, right? It's like, why should they hire you whenever they have... Now you have AI, you have artificial intelligence, but also you have Google, you have meal plans online, you have to so many programs online that they can easily just download the PDF and they can follow themselves. Um, and I think this is how we bridge that gap between what they think they should be doing or what they're already doing or what they're not doing, and then funneling them into a optimized plan for them right? Like that's, that's the whole idea. For the most part, a lot of your clients are probably just throwing stuff at the wall and, and seeing what, what sticks. Um, and that's probably why they're frustrated, you know, and that's probably why they keep starting and stopping. And so a big part, at least the, the beginning part of solving that problem and a myriad of other problems that you're both going to face together starts with an assessment right? And that's how we can filter out so much nonsense and, and kind of uh, eliminate a bunch of problems without going through too much trial and error in the first place, right? So that's the first key perspective there. Uh, the second perspective is going to be there's very few universal vests. If you guys have joined on these webinars before, you guys know Coach Alex is, is typically the one leading these. Um, and he he always talk likes to to mention this, and uh, I think it's it's very true because you guys all know if you've been training for any period of time, even with yourself, right? It's like there's not just a a, a straight recipe for success, or it's like or else why would you have these assessments, or why would you have individualized plans, or, or things like that? Like, of course, we have lots of. Um, lots of principles and things that we can, we can use to, to guide our decisions and um, make some very educated guesses on things. Um, but as far as what's best for you, what's best for me, or what's best for your client, that could be all, all different things. And so what this, uh, what these assessments are for is to be a starting point um, so that then we can use that to then give them the best program going forward. Um, and then lastly, understand what not only works for your clients, but what works for you and your environment and resources. So it's kind of just like, what do you have available, right? What, what tools in your toolbox you have available? Are you working with people in person? Are you working with people um, online? Are you doing a hybrid version uh, of, of the two? Um, and I think that this is also where there are no universal vests, right? You can kind of tailor and customize all of this stuff to your own, uh, what's available to you, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, um, because ultimately that's going to provide the best service and outcome for your clients as well, because it's not just about, you know, trying to fit a, a a square peg into a round hole. Um, 
like you have to tailor your own methods to the client and then also make sure that uh, um, the, the client is right for you in the first place. Um, so I think starting with your environment, starting with these key perspectives is going to be a good place uh, to begin with that. Um, okay, so let's see, Sam, do you have anything to, to add to that, that cover most of it? What are your, yeah. what are your general thoughts there? Yeah, my, I mean, I think you said this at the top of this slide, but it really, I, I personally believe that when you have a pretty strong and, and, um, you know, great formula that you believe in for your assessment process, I do think that di differentiates you from other trainers, because if you are like a goal oriented trainer, which is probably what your client is going to want to see, um, I do think an assessment is kind of that baseline, um, and it's also a baseline for, you know, future comparisons and like, you can see their progressions and maybe regressions and they're, they're going to want to see that because a client is coming to you for, for knowledge and goal setting techniques that they probably don't know. So not only is your assessment going to show you, you know, possible injuries and imbalances and all of that. Um, but they're going to help you create these short and long-term goals with your client, um, which is, which is super great. Um, and I also just wanted to add in throughout the presentation, and I know we'll probably touch on how you can, you know, some of your, some, we see it a lot here at fitness mentors. People often are like assessing people virtually is a lot harder, um, than it is for in-person assessments, which I think there is. Yes, there is truth in that. Um, but I do think there's a lot of things that can carry over from your uh, in-person assessments to your virtual assessments. Um, and not only are assessments physical stuff, you know, it's not just about your um, your imbalances and your past injuries and all of that. It's also a lot of questions about, you know, what's your client's lifestyle like? You know, what what does what resources do they have? What environment are they in, right? It's all those questions that, as well that will help us create a very um, time-efficient, specific program for these people. Um, so just remember that. That's kind of like another key perspective to remember throughout the, the webinar. But yeah, I mean, I think you covered it, Matt. Nothing here. Nothing on my awesome. end. Yeah, no, I think, that, I think that's very true. Uh, as far as the, the it's, it's not only a starting point for you to work from, but it's also it defines the starting point so that you know, okay, this is where we're, we're at now. And then you can also help define those short-term goals, those long-term goals, goals. And then as time goes on, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, 16 weeks, whatever it is, you can look back and be like, oh, hey, remember in the very beginning, you were totally. at this weight and then now we're here and now we're here. And also, as you mentioned, the it's not just the physical. And so it's like, how can you... Um, measure like a relationship with their body, like their right. image, right. Or their, their own personal confidence or their relationship with food or something like that. Um, and yeah. I think that an initial assessment is something that you can ask these questions and you can point out certain things with their self-talk and then yeah. as time goes on and you keep working with them and then they start to, uh, you know, 
compliment themselves more, or maybe they're yeah. not as hard on themselves or being more compassionate or whatever it is. It's like, sometimes it can be hard to measure those subjective things, but whenever you have the words on paper, they're like, look, you used to say this about yourself and now you're speaking more like this. It's like, that's clearly some growth there. Uh, and I think yeah. That, yeah. that's really important to point out and can be very motivating for the clients yeah. beyond the physical stuff. Totally. You pick up on all that in the assessments. That's why they're so powerful. That's sure. why these are so crucial to do in, in your process. Like, obviously people are like, oh, at the end of our assessment, that's when we pitch our sale. But I'm like, yeah, but that might not even be the most important part of the assessment. Like getting to know your client and understanding them is, is just, this is the perfect way to do it. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Like I had a client once and he was basically telling me, that he was just smoked after work. He, he sat all day at a desk for like 10 hours. And he's like, why am I tired? And I'm like, because you're mentally tired, right? If I was sitting at a desk for 10, 10 hours, I would absolutely not go to the gym, right? There's just like, so it was a, it was a quick mini change in his kind of, you know, outlook on working out in general. And I suggested like, let's try to meet in the mornings, right? Let's just try to train in the mornings and not after work. And it was that it was that quick fix that I learned about him in that first assessment, that initial assessment, that eight weeks later, he loved he looked forward to working out at 6 a.m. with me. Right. So it's like you you learn these little things about your clients that in return, it, it really does help you, not only the client, it helps you better assess them in, in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Okay, so first we're going to touch on assessing in person. And so as it's probably pretty obvious, one of the biggest pros for in-person assessments is that you are physically there, right? So not only can you pick up on verbal cues, but you can pick up on non-verbal cues. And you can also um, uh, not have to worry about videoing or, or things like that. You can give real life in-person cues in real time. Uh, and you can also take notes. You can take, uh, yeah, different, uh, yeah, different, different notes and, and different scores on different things. If you do maybe an FMS screen, right. Or you do other type of mobility drills or things to, to kind of see what's going on. Um, and you can also just kind of get the energy and the, the, uh, the vibe of the person, to be honest, right. Like you can kind of, I can tell a lot by um so like i said i work mostly online and so with the the assessments that i do uh is a is a long google form and i i have them fill out a bunch of different things and with some clients you can i can definitely tell i can kind of read between the lines right with the, whenever they they write something down and what they say and probably versus what they mean um but i think in person this is dialed up even more so right like we're coaches, we are trainers, we have typically good emotional intelligence, we're, we're typically good with people. And so you can kind of read between the lines on a lot of things, not only on, on what they're saying, but then how they're actually moving, and then how they speak to the, speak about themselves and, and what they're capable of and their motivation levels and all that kind of stuff. So yes, that's obviously one of the big, big advantages there. Um, so yeah, second point, all trainers have different ways they go about assessments. However, a strong approach to this is to have a subjective portion, a movement portion, and perhaps a work capacity component, depending on the client's goals and paths. And so, yeah, I think this is just kind of reiterating 
what we're saying is like an assessment is going to be much more than their physical goals and, and what they're physically capable of and their movement patterns and, and that, that type of thing. Um, I actually wonder, I'm going to, I want to make this more interactive if I can. Um, if, let's see, how many of you, how many of you actually work in person? with your, with your training, like you're an in-person coach. This is, it's, if you also do online stuff, that's okay. But if you could drop in the chat, just say like me or something like that. I'm just curious <laughs> on how many, how many of you guys actually train in person? Um, Cause I think that it's also helpful to know. Yeah, this is great. Who's in the audience? Like who, like, are you guys, are you guys in person? Are you guys online? Uh, okay. So we have three people so far that have said, they yeah. do in person. Oh, 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 we got six. Um, yeah. so we have some that are saying both, which is great. That's great. Um, right. also, I can I can see the chat now. I have, oh. I have thank you. Though. <laughs> no, I have I've I've worked my way around it. Okay, uh, good, good. <laughs> Sorry, cool. Awesome. With I'm also curious, like what what or Sam, maybe also, because I know this could be different varying on all the people. It's like whenever you trained in person, whenever you guys did assessments, yeah. how did how did that work? Did they come in and then they um, did they like fill out first a form and then you took them through a, yeah. a physical assessment? First, what kind of were you just in like a commercial gym or like how did that work? Yeah, like the first gym I worked at, they had, you know, this 30 minute kind of like, hey, do a squat do a lot, right? Like it was very, very, um, simplistic, but that was like what, eight years ago. Then right. I worked at Equinox. That was a whole process. If I'm being honest, I actually loved it. Um, it was very detailed and intricate. Um, they would come in, we would do like a, literally like a 10 minute kind of like subject, like, Hey, what do you do for work? Right. What do you, what do you, uh, how much do you sleep? Things like that. Um, what do you, do you work out? like things like that. And then we would do an FMS, we would do an in-body. Um, so those were more so like I was seeing how they move. Um, I was seeing more, you know, statistics on the in-body obviously. Um, and then after that, we would come back, ask how they're feeling. And then we would like pitch to them. Um, so it was a whole process. And it's so funny, Matt, that you just asked everyone in the chat, because I was literally, as you were speaking, I'm like, I'm thinking in our sales mentorship right now, a lot of people that work in person, they don't have freedom over their assessments, right? They do have freedom in their pitches and like how they want to sell, but they don't have freedom in their assessments. And honestly, at Equinox, I really didn't either. They had a very strategic way of doing things where they were like, okay, Samantha, this is how you got to do it. You have to do every single thing. And as you know, Matt, I think we spoke about FMS before, but like even the FMS screening is pretty specific, right? They, they yeah. tell you exactly what is correct, what is incorrect. If they can't do the movement, that automatically means they get a zero, right? So it's, it is a, it's not a slippery slope. It's just, it's a harder thing to navigate almost when you do work in a, in a corporate setting because, you know, you don't have as much freedom over the assessment. Um, I would right. love to, I would love to know if anyone wants to, oh, so someone just wrote, um, they work at Equinox. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So they, they follow FMS. Yeah. And I think there's like, also, this is when, um, learning about your client from those subject, 
subjective questions really does come into play. Um, but the other point I will add here before we hear from others is it really helped me navigate the way I wanted to assess my clients once I started my business, because after Equinox, I started my own business and I really, really was able to know like, okay, at Equinox, I actually loved X, Y, Z. I loved how they did this. And then other ideas that they put into our brains. I was like, I don't necessarily love that. I don't need to do that with my clients. Right. So it's just kind of, um, you know, one of those things. Um, for those of you who don't know what FMF is, it is basically, it stands for functional movement system. Yes. System or screening. I should know that, screening. but I screening. Functional, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, I should definitely know that. Um, but yeah, it's it's def it's just a way to kind of examine and evaluate your um, potential clients. There are seven fundamental movements um, that the screening they they teach you how to screen these clients with those seven fundamental movements. Um, and there's you know a squat, a lunge. There's like a trunk stability push up, um, and they all kind of measure different planes of movement and kind of how the body's working. They all, they all kind of measure different things and they have a grading system, which is zero, one, two, or three. Um, if the client can complete something with absolute perfection, which is, is rare in this FMS world, um, you get a three. If the client can barely do it, but can somewhat do it, it's like a one. And then if the client has any injury or if the client, excuse me, has any pain, it's automatically a zero. So you know um, not to work in that range of motion or not to do those certain movements until they see medical uh, a medical professional. Um, Matt, did I miss anything? I think no, I think that's I think it's mostly right. And okay. fun, fun fact, I actually got fired from my private I'm so <laughs> my private job because of the functional movement screen, because I thought that I would this was back when I worked in a semi-private gym. And this was in college and, um, and I, I legit came in, thought that I knew most of the stuff that I needed to do. And that day we were being, that day we were being tested on taking people through a functional or taking our employee employers through a functional movement screen to show that we knew what we were talking about. And I kept having to refer back to the packet. And then literally like a, a, the week later, he, he let me go. And I, I was dying. You it know was what? My, so I have, I, I have a little bit of trauma against FMS, but <laughs> I'm working through it. I'm working Is it through. a trigger word? I'm sorry for bringing it up. Nah, no, it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it reminds me of growth and, and why yeah, right. I don't do that anymore. Oh um, no. But, uh, but yeah, so the FMS is just one way that a lot of gyms can, it, it's, it's all just about chiseling down to like, yeah. okay, how can I get as much information as possible about this client? Right. And this is just one way of screening people based on this categorical method right. um, that works for most people most of the time. And it's just one, it's just right. one of the things, but I think, I think an overarching, uh, Thing I want you guys to remember with these assessments, because I, I, I know that some people can be very type A and like they really want to nail down all these different assessments and make sure that they are, you know, putting their client absolutely in the best spot possible to, to begin and things. And it's like, of course, 
I trust that that all of you would do your due diligence and you know you wouldn't be in this webinar if you didn't care about your clients in the first place right so it's like don't also be a perfectionist with some of this stuff because you're going to be learning so much of this through trial and error as you work with the client more weeks on end right months on end you're going to learn more about their their psychographics their demographics their training history all these different things like how well they move um, so it's more so just like, of course, make an educated guess the best that you can with these assessments, but then move on and, and make sure you're paying attention and you're asking questions and you're, uh, uh, you know, analyzing and, and examining things as needed as you, you work with the clients um, on an ongoing basis. So uh, I know that some people can really just be like, oh, I want to make sure I have everything down perfectly, but it's like, it's a starting point most with most of my clients, even online, which I think we're going to touch on in just a second. Um, you know, it's like the assessment can, can only do so much. And then it's just like, all right, let's just get to coaching and, and let's, let's, uh, let's actually see what's, let's take a look under the hood as I like. Yeah, to say. that's a good point. Um, cool. Which let's, let's go ahead and, and move on here to assessing clients virtually. Um, and so that just means online. Uh, your, your formula can be similar to the one you use for your in-person assessments. However, in this case, using video recordings, Zoom, Google Sheets, or however you prefer to see what the client is doing. Um, yeah, I think, I think this, is, this is a big one for many of you who might be wanting to uh, maybe drop in the chat if you're working in person now and you want to potentially move online, either like at a, as a hybrid trainer or completely online. Um, go ahead and drop that in there too. I'm just curious to see how many of you guys are also curious or if you're working online now and you you really want to learn more about the, the virtual side of things. Because I think virtual assessments can be tougher, right? Um, if you don't have something to, to kind of work with in the first place. Cool. So somebody says hybrid goals. Um, I want to be a hybrid or online trainer. Yeah. So I get that. And I, and I think there's not as much, you know, you can't perform an FMS necessarily. So eventually want to be fully online. Cool. Thank you guys for answering. Um, yeah. It's like, you can't really, uh, of course you can, you can zoom with people and you can do certain assessments. It depends on, you know, what you're willing to do with clients one-on-one. -on -one. But so for example, for me, I'm going to be on the, the end of the spectrum where I don't, I don't do any, uh, like video calls or Zooms or anything like that with my clients. I, I work more with intermediate people. So for the most part, they're not going to be beginners. They're, they're going to be people who have at least a year experience in the gym. So they know how to do most of the movements. Um, but if I'm ever worried about uh, how well they move or if they are more of a beginner or something like that, I'll simply have them upload a couple of form videos. I'll tell them how to upload the videos and how to take the videos and that kind of thing as well. And I'll just have them upload it to Google Drive. And then I'm able to go in and then I can analyze them doing a bench press for me or them doing an overhead press or a squat or something like that. Um, and that allows me to, to kind of see how well they move. I'm like, okay, cool. They're, they're not doing this movement really well. I can give them tips. And also I can give them regressions or progressions based off of whatever that, that video tells me. Um, but so to be even more practical, how I said, I start all of my assessments um, through a Google form. And this is just, so after, after they make the payment, that's one of the first things I do is I send over something called a client analysis form. And in that client analysis form, I have 
everything from their training history, their injury history, their preferences. So like what exercises they like, what exercises they don't like. Um, I go, I also go into their nutrition. So like I said, I'm a registered dietitian. So I cover that as well. Um, but then also I ask them questions about, you know, their commute, how much they're traveling for work, how stressed are they on a regular basis? And so kind of getting more into um, not only the demographic side of things, but also the, the psychographics side of things. Um, and so not only to, to figure out, because uh, uh, I want to explain this, because the, the assessment can be very useful, especially whenever you're using a piece of technology like Google Forms that can collect all of the answers and data for you. Um, I think assessments are excellent for um, not only making their diet and exercise plans, but for also figuring out um, uh, why people specifically want to work with you and also do a little bit of customer research, right? So one of the questions that I have in my form is like, why do you want to be coached by me specifically? And so as an online coach, right, it's like, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to have something that differentiates you over the rest of the people. It's like, I don't think I'm the smartest coach. I don't think I'm the best coach or whatever. However, I've been doing this for several years. I've had hundreds of clients and they choose to work with me for specific reasons. And in this Google form that I've used since the, the very beginning, um, it's like, I have all of this data collected with their own words of these people who've already paid me. So not even just like had interest in working with me, they have actually became clients and they have paid me money, which is a very important distinction. Um, why they want to work with me specifically. And so I can even use those words on my sales pages, on my social media, like with my marketing, right? Um, I can also gather a bunch of demographic stuff from this. So age, their, uh, their jobs, like what careers they typically do. Um, I also asked them in that, I was like, what would you define as success? Like if you could snap your fingers and I could give you exactly what you wanted out of this coaching program, like what would that look like? It's like, talk about, you have so many content ideas that can come strictly from that alone, right? Um, so, so using these assessments, not only to, of course, priority number one, like actually help them reach their goals, actually be a supportive coach, actually care about these people, but also on a business front, right? Like this is information that all of your clients are, are going to fill out. And it's like, not only does this help you be, be a better coach for this individual personally, this also allows you to market your services more effectively to the masses, right? And it allows you to niche down and uh, give you some customer research that only gets more and more precise and defined as time goes on. Because now it's like I've collected hundreds of data points to, to look at and be like, okay, I'm, because it's like, especially when you're first starting out, you know, you can have um, uh, a, a certain guess at who your, you know, target market is or who you want to work with or um, yeah. Yeah. Basically like who you, who you think you should be working with and why people want to work with you. But it's not until actually, like I said, people who pay you, to sign up with you and then you get feedback from them, it's like, you're like, oh, maybe I'm not as much into 
uh, training these sports specific athletes as I once thought. Actually, I'm working with this other type of group of people. I'm noticing some trends um, with the types of career paths. This is what happened with me here recently. I noticed, I was like, oh, cool. There's a lot more leadership positions that are starting to sign up with me. And um, that made me really excited because I feel like that's kind of the way that I want to market myself. And that's how I kind of carry myself um, as well. So it was cool to see in the occupation thing, I'm like, I'm seeing some supervisors or project managers or CEOs or directors of things or, or whatever. Um, and of course, that's not all of them, but I'm noticing it's, it's good for spotting patterns so that you can then tailor um, your marketing approach and your sales approach to this idea that you're you're putting out there of yourself and and not only can you um give your own idea of of what that looks and sounds like but you can use customer words you can use people that hired you you can use the words that they're actually saying on again on your sales pages or on your instagram or on your your whatever right um so i think that that's that's a that's a super important point that doesn't get addressed enough. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I just hearing everything that you're saying about assessing virtually. Um, I, I think the biggest difference that I'm hearing too, is that from training in person to training online, a lot of the responsibility also shifts to the client and they need to be motivated to get these, this work done and these automated assessments done that you provide for them. So that can admittedly be a challenge off, off the bat. So I think communication is different too. So then the first step really in like an assessment with a potential client is determining whether or not online training with you is a, a good fit, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, hundred um, percent. Like, oh, you're saying like in the application process? Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's the start of your assessment to realize yeah. like, I'm actually assessing if we can work together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Miguel makes a really good point because so for example, people have to apply to work with me as their coach. And the whole reason of this is twofold for, for both of us is to make sure that I'm a fit for the client and the client is a fit for me. Um, and yeah, how I do that is first a, a, an application form that they have to, to fill out. And I want to make sure I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, they are, are not a complete beginner because if they are a complete beginner, they don't know how to do any of these lifts or anything like that. It's like, well, I should probably refer to them to go and see somebody in person so that they can get some more um, feedback and they can, they can build that foundation first before they decide to, to work with someone virtually. Um, now, that's just me personally. I know plenty of people who do work with beginners and do have a more hands-on approach with tackling those things. Um, and so I think that's just something that, yeah, you can you can develop yourself as, as time goes on based off of um, the type of people that you work with and the type of service that you provide. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point for sure. Um, all right, second point, communication is key here. So your cues are crucial in addressing if anything feels uncomfortable or painful. Um, is obviously important. And then lastly, everyone's space and environments are different. So having a formula that is friendly to all types of spaces is helpful. Um, Sam, do you want to cover, or do you maybe want to touch on these two points a little bit here? Yeah, yeah. I also, I wanted to add in, Matt, like add, you just yeah. brought up a lot of, what? I said, or whatever you have to add, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... You bring up a lot of great points. Like I personally, I think because of all the mentorship 
um, work that I've been doing lately, I have seen a lot, a lot more people in the last like six months, a lot of our trainers here at Fitness Mentors are just starting out as personal trainers and they are um, developing, you know, everything is, is, is brand new for them. So they are a little bit nervous and or leery of, you know, kind of how they want to approach a, an online assessment. Um, and some of the points you just brought up are, are great. Um, and I do think something that I, I just took away from your points is like, feel things out. Because if I were to, for example, if I were to have a 19 year old, um, you know, she, she, if she played sports all throughout her high school career and she wanted to, uh, you know, whatever, had some, had some fitness goals and wanted a trainer, I can probably assume and know that she understands, you know, basic, basic movements in the gym and, and, and kind of moves probably okay. Um, enough that I can kind of maybe not need a, a video from her of her doing squats and all that. Um, so I think your point of like, feeling things out and, and, yeah. and kind of, you know, hearing, hearing about their past experiences within the gym. I mean, even a, a big one is have you worked with a trainer before? Like that's a huge one. Um, and honestly with this last point, I would, I would say this was a big thing for me when I started my business, I was in a living in North Carolina where a lot of people have at home gyms, right. They have garage gyms, they have access to weights, they have XYZ. And then when I gained some clients in New York, I kind of like forgot that not everyone has a garage gym. (laughs) So I'm like, wait, you have fitness bands? Like they're like, I got a booty band. I'm like, oh shit, that's not going to cut it. Right. But then you're like, I need it to cut it because I want you to be my client and you want to work with me. Therefore, how do I assess you without, and rarely are we assessing people with, with, you know, a barbell. We're not assessing people with a barbell. However, it is a good thing to note that during your, um, when you're figuring out how you want to assess people online, I think it's important to note, um, you know, you, you want it to be friendly to all environments uh, or ask like, do you have an apartment gym that you can go, you know, tape a video for me if, if you need, right? Things like right. that are just good things to take into consideration as you go. I do think also this is such a, like you learn as you go for throughout your career as well, what works for you. I can't tell y'all how many times I changed my assessment forms. I mean, I'm not saying do that, but you learn, you, well, you learn. What, you can add to them as time goes right. on, right? Like, Oh, I'm oh yeah, that absolutely. now I keep asking the same question after we've already gotten started or, you know, right. I don't need this information or something. So you can iterate on it, right. trim the fat as time goes on. Right. Absolutely. And like, I also think it's like, it, it really, it really, your, what your point was about, um, who you're training and how you, you usually aren't training beginners, um, and how you do kind of see yourself training more intermediate clients. Um, you know, that's like awesome. And that is so specific to you. However, I do think that depending on what your niche looks like and depending on who your target audience is, you should kind of take a look at your products and what you're kind of providing to your clients and, you know, 
recognize like, huh, maybe if I am thinking that this person needs like a really hands-on experience, maybe they're just not the fit for you. I know, Matt, you just said that, but I do think the best trainers out there can understand that not every client is a fit for them. I, I really like, I really think there's truth in that. Um, Sometimes it sucks too, right? You meet someone, you're like, you're super dope. I would love to work with you. However, they, you know, just had a, had a back surgery and you live across the country from them. You're, you're like, perhaps maybe I want you to train with someone that I trust in that area in person. And I'm going to refer them to you, right? Things like that might come up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, I also think, I also think with that too, it's a, it's a great point because I've uh, in the past and in, in more so in the beginning, which, you know, you could argue that that's actually a worse time to take on more people because you're not as experienced, right. um, but oh, yeah. I was trying to gain experience by working with a plethora of different people uh, of all different ages, sizes, goals, right. all that different right. stuff. And I think that really right. did help me with my, uh, you know, overall experience and, and Swiss army knife of tools and skills that I I'm able to use as a, as a trainer. Um, but now, but as I, but from then until now, I've realized that whenever I do kind of, uh, you know, decide to work with somebody where I'm like, uh, I don't know, not that I didn't, you know, think that they're going to get hurt or something, but it's more so like, Oh, I'm probably just not the best fit. What ends up happening is like, it's more so it just takes, you way longer to deal yeah. with like they're just it's more of a headache and it's not because they're right. a bad client or anything but it's just because you're not as equipped to work with them as maybe somebody else or maybe your systems aren't set up yeah. out templates that you've already devised for years on end or something it's like you have to create every single program from complete scratch and it's like and that can just be not the juice isn't worth the squeeze with that person and so right. now as i'm able to work with more clients and things and i don't have to take on necessarily every single person that works with me, then I can be more comfortable with being like, you know what, maybe you should go check out this person or here's some of my free resources, like start using that first. And then, you know, we can, we can talk about coaching later on. Um, but yeah, it's, it can, it can sound like, cause of course I get it. Sometimes you need the money, sometimes whatever, but it's like, you're, it's just going to end up creating more headaches throughout the process than is totally the money that you're going to get anyway. So, um, totally opportunity cost right there is something else to consider. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Awesome. So let's see, I think, all right, let me see real quick types of, yeah. So with this one, we have, um, types of assessments. So we have cardio assessments, strength assessments, flexibility assessments, subjective assessments, and dynamic assessments. Um, now with these, I think that obviously a lot of this, um, again, can still be more tailored towards in-person type stuff. I mean, I guess you can, you can still have this online, uh, as well. Um, but all of these things are going to go into the overall, uh, the overall pillars of, of each plan. Um, and I'm actually, curious uh sam have you tried so like a, a i don't even know i'm not even 100 sure what is a dynamic assessment i'm trying to think is that like um yeah what would you say what would you say a dynamic assessment does sorry y'all my dog is barking um oh, so 
it, no, no, no. If you if you hear him bark, that is my my big old dog. Um, I know that in like I know that there was criteria in um some of fitness mentor stuff. I know NASM believes in in some of it. Um, some of the dynamic assessments with like there's like dynamic postural assessments, um, static postural assessments, things like that. Um, where you're like looking at the kinetic chain and all that, that is like super in-depth. Uh, I added that in here just to add that in here. I don't think that that's like a, I honestly wouldn't even suggest that for like a preliminary assessment, you know? Uh, but yeah, I just, I just added that in there. No problem. I liked it. Um, there's uh, some dynamic assessments that, that I've seen and done myself is like one-legged standing, so, so pulling and stabilizing the hips, seeing how, if they're rotating their hips when they lift one leg up, mm -hmm. seating, like sitting down on a chair, that's another dynamic assessment. Also push-ups are a dynamic assessment. You'll see like, um, if there's like a arch in their back, if their head is being pushed forward, how, are, so there's a lot of different ones, but those are like two basic, three basic ones that I've seen. So lifting that one leg, checking their hips, seeing if they're, um, even, uh, sitting down, which uh, is a constant everyday movement pattern, right? That right. you can address with squats and stuff, right? And then just like push-ups. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. Thank you. Um, I think also something else that I wanted to, because this this kind of this slide kind of made me think about. Um, how we can categorize clients to make things more efficient on ourselves and also create a more um, like curated path based off of individuals and clients like you've had in the past with similar goals or they have, um, you know, similar demographics or, you know, you have buckets of people who are going to be more similar to some than to others. And I think as time goes on, you might realize, oh, I have, I'm noticing a pattern of these types of people. Um, and you can, you can start to create plans based around those types of people, right? So for example, like with me being working online, some of the things, what I'm always trying to do is I'm trying to figure out systems, right? I'm trying to figure out how can I provide the best possible service for each individual client while um, reducing the amount of work that it takes me to, to get to that point with the client, to provide the best service possible. And now I think one of the things with personal trainers um, is you feel like, oh, I need to do it because individualization is obviously a big thing. It's obviously very important. Um, but I think a lot of people think, oh, I need to be creating every single plan from scratch. I need to be creating every single, uh, you know, assessment or um, outcomes of all these assessments and, and, and how to uh, modalities to deal with each of these from scratch based on the individual. But I actually think that that's working dumber. Like, and my, my reason for that is because some days you're not going to feel like doing the work, right? This is just the truth, right? It's like some days I'm not going to feel like creating, um, you know, if, if somebody's going through one of my uh, assessments, right? And then I know they're like, they're, they're like this, they're like this person, they have these similar injuries, they have this similar training experience, 
right? It's like, there's certain things. I'm like, oh, the, the, the main bulk, the main meat of their plan is very similar to this other person who is also around the same age with the same training experience. They also had knee injuries in the past. They can't do pull-ups, right? Like there's all these different webs of things that over time, as you notice these patterns, you're going to be able to put people into buckets, not where you just copy and paste a program and then give it to this other person, but it's more so like, how can you have the skeleton of this program that is maybe geared towards the same goal that this person is having, right? So maybe their main goal is uh, to gain muscle and to lose fat, right? Or somebody else is wanting to gain strength and improve their flexibility or something like that, right? It's like, you're going to start to notice patterns where you can put people into those buckets and you can kind of have like a customer journey, right? Whereas, you know, okay, this person checks this bot. Like, again, like I said, they have knee injuries in the past. They want three workouts a week. They have two years of training experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They check off all these boxes and you know, oh, I know Bill, the other client that I work with is the exact same as this person. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to this folder that I have with these types of programs. And I'm going to then use that as a starting point to then individualize things towards this new client, right? Because maybe this new client prefers these certain exercises and hates these other exercises. And so you can change that um, up within the plan, or maybe they have a different type of injury or, or whatever it is. Um, and, and as far as what I was saying about some days, you're not going to be feeling your best to provide the, the absolute tip top service to everyone. It's like, I wish this was a perfect world. I wish you could say that you're always going to provide the most individualized, the, the best experience possible every single time and be ready to do that. But it's like some days are not going to be like that. And that's why I think actually templated work can actually give you a better service than if you created it from scratch right? Because if, for example, with emails, I'm working with clients every single week where they're checking in with me and they are going through problems that they have and they have certain obstacles that I'm helping them overcome. And maybe I'm just not feeling it that day. And so they ask me how to, um, you know, some high protein breakfasts, bre breakfasts, <laughs> breakfasts. And, um, and this is just a very simple generic example, but it's just like, they're going to, they're asking about high protein breakfast. And I don't feel like writing out all of these things and giving them all the, you know, this big, all these suggestions and everything. However, if I have, which I do, I have templated emails already for these clients where it's like, they ask me about this and it's just a click of a button for me where I have answered that question in full detail with links to PDFs, with hyperlinks to other websites, how to's, how to do it, tons of different recipes. It's, it's tons of examples and it's a completely individualized experience for that person because that's the goal that they have. However, I've already done that work months ago or years ago or whatever it is because you realize after you work with people for a long time people ask the same questions and so it's like i have a feeling somebody else in the future is also going to ask about high protein breakfasts right or if they want mobility exercises for their shoulder right it's like there's going to be plenty of people who ask for that same thing and so it makes sense that you can templatize that and you can provide a really good experience to that person without actually doing so it's it's twofold right you don't have to do as much work and then also they get an incredible experience right so i think that that's just 
another way that I want you guys to start thinking about these assessments, right? It's like, how can we use this as the starting point to not only make your job easier, but then also it makes the job easier on the client as well. And you're also getting feedback over time because it's like, maybe you give this program to this person that is similar to another person that you're currently working with as well, and they don't like it. Well, why don't they like it? Okay, then you find out why they don't like it. And then you can make a note of that for the next time somebody comes up and also checks that box. And you're like, okay, it's, it's an iterative process over time, right? And so like I was saying with the emails, it's, it's essentially, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't want to ever make, I don't want to ever answer the same question twice, right? I don't need to answer like from scratch is what I'm saying. I don't need to go back and write better ways to get better sleep. You know, whenever somebody asks me how to get better sleep, I'm going to write a really good answer that one time. And then I'm going to save it. Same thing with lots of these assessments, right? It's like, there's going to be certain people that fit into certain categories that over time, you're now going to have a library of different histories, different types of people, different types of goals. And those are all going to go into a different path and a different um, journey that you can it's just like, how much, how much can you systematize? How much can you templatize? So that again, keeps things professional. It keeps things individualized. Um, and it, it gets the client where they want to go. It helps them get the results that they want, but also you make it easier on yourself so that then you can spend more time with other clients, or you can spend time marketing your services or, you know, whatever else you want to do or not work. Right. Um, so I know I know a little bit of a tangent there, but I, I think that it's an overarching principle that is so important that isn't talked about enough whenever you're you're considering both in person and online training. I love it. Work smarter, not hard. Is that the saying? What is that saying? Work smarter, Work smarter not harder. Yeah, that's it. I love it. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's what our webinar is titled. We're renaming it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Um, Matt, you were awesome. Thank you for helping me lead today. Um, my Wi-Fi has been in and out all morning, so I didn't want to be hopping in and out. Um, it held up though, or whatever held up my cellular data held up for this. So, so thank you, Matt. Yeah. Thank, um, you. thank you everyone as well. Um, for yes. Today. Yeah. Make sure you guys tune in for the next one. We'll we do these pretty regularly. So, um, stay yeah. focused on the if you're on the email list, get on the email list, um, focus on our social media. We'll announce these things. Um, yep. yeah, I think our email list is, is probably the best bet uh, to, to stay up to date with all this stuff. All right, guys. Cool. All right. As always, thanks for listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast. You can learn more about fitness mentors at fitnessmentors.com. Be sure to share this podcast on social media. And remember, we are here to help you succeed. Help you succeed.